Happy rainy Tuesday, diary listeners. It's a, uh, it's kind of cold out there today. I think November's finally showing her colors. But anyway, this is a great time because it's the Tuesday right before the Thanksgiving holiday. We certainly hope that you all have wonderful plans ahead that you're looking forward to. This week, I'm really excited to have on our show Killian Moon. And we're calling the first part of his diary entry, Moon Landing. Thank you, Killian. And thank you always, listeners. Enjoy. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Yeah, you have to agree. They want permission. You always have to ask for permission. Yeah. All right. Hello, uh, diary listeners. We are here today with a new tattoo artist that I recently met at Paradise Tattoo Gathering, Killian Moon. Almost messed up your name there. He's <laughs> he's located in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, Killian, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and sitting down with me you're a pretty you're a pretty dope individual uh i have to say <laughs> well, yeah okay i try not to suck yeah you you don't but i think the thing that i really liked about you when i first like when i was really like this dude is awesome is when you were sitting in my apprenticeship uh thing or it was some it was some no i think it was at the opening panel and I was like, who here is an apprentice? And you raised your hand. And I was like, this guy's dope. I was like, I know he's on the lineup to present. <laughs> but I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really take myself or tattooing very seriously. Yeah. Like, I think no, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's like we're all going to die. It's fine. You know, we might as well have fun. It's cool. That also came out in our discussions. <laughs> You're like, I, I was aware that we'd all die at some point. <laughs> yeah, most of us are going to die for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and a, and a brief interlude about Duolingo, which was hilarious. Mm. I mean, honestly, the the there were so many little nuggets of awesome that happened with our interactions that I was like, this is going to be this is going to be awesome. It's a cool so, show, man. And, you know, it's yeah. like, um, I think it's a good mix of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. Well, I mean, you're on today because I met you and because I found you awesome. And we kind of went back and forth a little bit. I, I love that you have your tea with you because that was our our time together was over tea. <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um, But yeah, the uh, the reason for this podcast is really just to hear about people's beginnings. I mean, you've been tattooing how long? Uh. I got 15 years on me. I'm Dude. going on 16. You have a tattoo um, to represent it. Seven, 17, if you want to count, like, you know, my my shop rat uh, phase, you know, just like hanging around shops and stuff. So okay. more than, what's 30, 
Wait, how old am I? I'm 34. What's 34 divided by two? Uh, would be, 16? oh no. shit. Um, 17? seven, 17, Okay. So literally half my life, literally half my life in a tattoo shop. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. Oh, right on. Now yeah. I have a question for you since you have a tattoo to, to basically clock your years. Do you do it yourself or do you have somebody else do it? You know, I used to, when I was working in shops, I used to get like, you know, one of my coworkers or like, you know, somebody that was like, you know, kind of like did something for me that year or like, you know, the people who are employing me or like, you know, just meaningful like people, I guess. But like, I've been, I've been just doing like the private thing, you know, just working solo for the last couple of years. So I feel like I like, this last couple of years, I've done it myself, which was mm -hmm. fun, you mm -hmm. know, because I'm also doing it lefty. Uh, but it doesn't matter because if it looks like shit, that's like, you know, it's fine. You know, like it's whatever. It's not one of those. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> it gets to that point, right? Like we're, we're like, well, it it, it doesn't really matter the, the quality so much as it does the experience and the memory attached to it. I think that that's what you learn after a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that. Sounds a little bit like we've had a little too many shitty tattoos done on us. It was like, no, it's a, it's a memory. I know, right? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think it's no. in terms of what we do, uh, you know, towards other people, it's about making sure we expand their horizons. But, you know, it's 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 completely different when it's in cellular and it's within the artist community. Like you come at it for different reasons and, and they're not the same as our clientele's reasons for sure. Um you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm speaking in, in that note, since you've been doing it half your life. Um, so it sounds like you were around 17 when you started kind of looking to do this, or at least you got involved in some way. How did that look? Well, so, okay. So, so I started, um, like I was born and raised in Honduras, in Central America. Right. So there's that um and we don't I, when i started out like you know it was like around the miami Inc. era right yeah. you know like a lot of like you know this generation's you know i guess like now i'm considered like old you know it um, it scales pretty freaking fast i mean technology right? so, really... like it was like during that era and i didn't really i didn't really know that tattooing could be a job and then i figured it out watching miami and i was like oh shit okay i don't have to get a job i can just do this mm -hmm. and like you know like so then i started like you know hanging around people to have tattoos i got like uh one of my close friends at the time got a scratcher tattoo uh by some dude in a house um and mind you this, this is like Honduras was maybe 20 years behind the U.S. if not more uh in terms of tattooing because we don't have tattoo culture outside of gangs you gotcha. know or we didn't have tattoo culture then outside of gangs so I was just like you know it was all scratchers and like you know there was like two shops and like you know run by both of them run by assholes at that point you know and then I started hanging out with a bunch of, uh, you know, a little shady folk. Um, but, and then, you know, they opened up a tattoo shop, uh, which was 
you know, where I used to hang out after school, I used to skateboard after school to the shop so I can like go there and, you know, just try and figure it out. So that was, I mean, that was kind of cool, but it was like bad, but it was all right. Now, um, I guess just because you were hanging out with these people, they were, they were kind of just okay with you hanging out, you know, and just being there. Kinda. I mean, yeah. so I am, I mean, like I, I told you before, when you asked me to do this, I didn't really have an apprenticeship. I had, right. I mean, I've learned from a lot of people, but I never really had like a proper apprenticeship. Like I try to have an apprenticeship because I was like, oh, well, that's how the TV says I should do it. And there wasn't like, you know, information or tattoo culture where I was like, oh, I got to get a mentor because like, this is the right way. I mean, I was just like, oh, okay. I mean, fucking that's how they do it in the States. They must know something. So like, I'm going to try and do the same thing. And I started, I, I tried to get like an apprenticeship um, under this guy that I knew um, who was, yeah, he was, uh, he was all over the place. Um, and he had a shop that was called Superior Tattoo, which was, which is also the name of the, a, a tattoo supply company back in the day. They used to make mm -hmm. all these like cheap Chinese shit, uh, like mag, like, uh, machines and like, you know, it was just kind of, it was a garbage, you know, supply company, but it was what it, what it was. But either way, he had stolen the name and then he was telling people that like that was his tattoo supply company. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, so, no. you know, sketchy. Yeah. You know, sketchy from the start. And like, yeah, eventually, like, you know, like it, that kind of went sour at some point uh, just because like. It was only yeah. destined to. <laughs> yeah kind of I mean I didn't I didn't know any better and also like I didn't it, I, it didn't matter to me mm -hmm. you know because like I mean I've always just been like I'm gonna I'm gonna make it through regardless of where I'm at I don't give a fuck like right it's it, it makes no difference if I'm in a shady condition I'm, I'm still gonna make get what I need from it you know right well no and and the reason why I uh I, I wasn't hindered by you saying that you didn't have a traditional apprenticeship because, you know, if you've been in the business, I think, uh, at, at least as long as I have, I, I started in, um, I took a, I took a hiatus in between this. So it's kind of an odd thing with me, but I started in like 2004 ish, 2000 you know, for, with my apprenticeship and then took a long pause and then came back in like 2009. Um, right. and it, it you're right there wasn't it didn't matter where you were I'm sure Honduras was definitely a lot different than what it was here and what was was yeah. available but there was definitely a lot more tattoo shops but as far as like what was out there what was available to learn on your own no that'd be what I want to teach yeah yeah exactly you know yeah and you and back then. it was uh I think it was kept that way almost in some respects, I think it was kept that way because, you know, people were worried about um, the integrity of it. And that was the integral side of it. And then there was the reason why 
people were doing it was because they were scared to share secrets and because they got to hold a lot of power, which I think you found a lot more of in our time starting out than not. And there was a lot of that, like, fake it until you make it, you know, ride the coattails of somebody else kind of stuff. So when you said that about your experience, um, you know, the the whole premise of this, what I hope this show can can offer is a perspective uh, to newer people coming in. And, uh, you know, I don't really mind being old in their eyes at this point, because I feel like uh, for myself, uh, there is a great reverence for the people who have come before me and who have struggled to provide for what I get to enjoy now. So right. I think that that's important that we we look back and we understand what we what happened and that we yeah. try to do better. I, I, I feel I feel like it's also just kind of pointless to try to gatekeep anymore. I wish we could gatekeep. I wish we could gatekeep more. I like but like it's it's literally it's literally trying to like stop the waves you know in an ocean like it's not gonna happen like the information is out there and like people are gonna keep pumping it out either if it's for free or for profit like they're gonna do it i feel like the gatekeeping that happened back then was also just like there wasn't any information out there so you did hold the power like you said like there wasn't any information and also it was like, at least in my case, it was like, again, it was two tattoo shops and a bunch of scratchers, but there wasn't even a lot, you know, I'm coming from a country that has like, that had 7 million people at that time, you know, there was like a handful of shops and they weren't doing amazing, you know, they weren't fucking balling, you know, they were like making ends meet and tattooing was like not uh necessarily a lucrative career at that point not that it is for a lot of people now anyways but like back then it was a lot harder you know yeah because they were like meeting the same like the big resistance of like you know uh i mean i'm I'm again i'm coming from like a small latin like you know country with like religious backgrounds and then like add on to the layer of like gang affiliation and tattooing and like you know it was like hard enough to make for them to make money they're, they're like i'm not trying to add another guy here that can yeah. like do it possibly better than i can and steal all my clients i think like that mentality of like you're stealing my clientele was a lot more valid back then as well mm-hmm. you know than it is now because i now it's like whatever because fuck you know like you know there's a new 18 year old that wants to get the ta- face tattoo now like it doesn't it doesn't matter you know yeah well i mean you know it um so there was the cultural kind of thing that that we were up against and then also um i did i did experience that i experienced it in multiple um uh ways myself because i i came into this from a hair background and hair is a lot like that too like yeah like don't mess with my clientele (laughs) i know (laughs) catty are probably in tattooing but tattooing is pretty catty yeah well i mean it can be right like i think that's the reason why a lot of us like uh well i mean i like a little attitude because i like i like uh i kind of like the um the boundaries that are set within uh certain aspects of what you consider mean girl kind of thing because i don't think that people really understand what's loving enough to understand what's mean i think sometimes 
you know, it's, it's a, it's a way to protect boundaries and, and under, you know, in a, in a very, like, I don't know if so much of it's vicious, but like, and I, and this is beyond counting. Like, I'm not talking about cancel culture or anything like that. I'm talking yeah. about like old school caddy, like, you know, it was just in your town and it was just between you and like a couple people that's like, Hey, you know, you got to earn your right to be in this click, you know, like you're not, yeah. you're not just getting I, in. <laughs> I, I also, I also feel like, and like, this is why I'm like, hey, let's bring back gatekeeping. Cause mm-hmm. like, I'm like, not everyone deserves this shit. You know what I mean? Like, not everyone deserves it. A lot of the, uh, a lot of like, you know, people that have been in the tattooing industry from like the time that I was, you know, I was starting out. And some of the people that are starting out now, they do not deserve tattooing. Tattooing is way too good for them. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a shitty thing to say, but fuck it. You know, I don't care. It's, it's, it is so. like, it is a hard job, but it's like a very rewarding job. And some motherfuckers don't deserve it. You mm-hmm. know, like it should be kept from them. Cause like, they're just like, oh, quick buck or whatever. And yeah, they're right. But like, you know, it's still like. I have an existential question. I have an existential question. Do you feel, cause I agree with you. I care that much about tattooing. Um, But I think the thing that gives me big peace about it is um, I believe that people get what they deserve. Don't you think? No. No? No, people don't get what they deserve. People get what they think that they deserve. That's completely different. Break it down. Not in in tattooing, just in life. I think like if you believe that you deserve something, you will get that. It doesn't matter if, you know, think about Trump you know dude no break dude, it down uh, i want you to break it down i don't know what no, you're all right so like <laughs> think, about, think about think about trump he was like you know completely unprepared and he was like yeah i can be president and he did you know what i mean think about like how many like mediocre people that they're like yeah i can be ceo and they just do you know like they don't they might not deserve it. You know, there's bad people in like positions of power or like, you know, in like really flourishing careers that they do not deserve it. But they're like, they're, they're like, you know, convinced that they deserve something. So therefore they just like, are willing to do anything to get it, you know? So like, do, you know, do good people get things that they deserve? Not really not all the time you know some some things do happen by you know by chance but not everyone who is good and deserves things get the things that they deserve there's a lot of bad people that get things that they do not deserve but they think they deserve them so you know i like i also just like see it that way it's just like i just i think i deserve success and therefore i'm gonna get it because like nothing is going to stop me because i'm like well you know i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be successful i you know (laughs) Well, I, yes and no. Um, I'd say that I, I view it a little differently because I think that, you know, there's a, they're saying you want to be president in terms of Trump and then becoming president. And then what you said on top of it, being an effective president, like there's being president and then there's being a president Uh that is actually good. And there's yeah. a and there's being president of one that is actually received and what comes with that. And I I think that in a in a larger sense, like yes, we we get what we ask for and what we dream up in our mind, but oftentimes it's like the genie in the bottle. 
where you ask for a wish and you get your yeah. wish, but you get it in a way that you really didn't understand what you got. And it teaches you this really kind of fucked up lesson. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's, I think at, at, regarding to that, I'm just like, I also think like, you know, again, because like, I, I see the, the idea of success is important to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but I also think like, you can get the success if you think you deserve it, but keeping it is an entirely different animal, you know, like I, I, I practice asking the universe what, what I want. I demand it and I ask very clearly and I get the things that I want. Now, can I keep those afterwards? That's, that's where like, you know, the lesson comes. It's just like, oh, okay. You wanted this? Fucking go for it. Go for it. See, go for it try it out see how that goes you know like i think like that's like the big thing and it comes back to like tattooing as well it's just like you know when like a lot of people are like oh well i'm just gonna open up a shop and like make a, bunk of, a bucket of money and then they're like fuck this is a i have to be daddy now you know i have to be in control i have to like take care of this i have to be on top of this i have to buy this i have to like bear the emotional but like you know like mm -hmm. weight of this situation that i wholly asked for myself and now I can't handle it and I'm fucked so like can you even handle success is a huge thing you know <laughs> it's already here my next book okay listeners I've got something to share with you that I'm already in love with I don't know about you but I'm a total book nerd I have so many books. A lot I haven't read, I admit. There's just something about having bookshelves full of possibilities that calms my soul. So when I attended the Bogota City Tattoo Fest this past August for the first time, I was delighted to run into my friend Ina Vigilato. We've actually had her on our show, so go check that out. Straight away, it was like God used Ina to guide me over to Black Dagger Books. There I met Travis Lawrence and Josh Rowan, the creators of this enterprise and got hooked as soon as I saw their product. It's these beautiful little books just full of art, amazing art from amazing tattoo artists. From here, I'm just going to read what their site says. Black Dagger Books is an ongoing collection of artists defining modern tattooing, published monthly, one artist per book, one book per month. A subscription is $25 a month. You get inside of these beautiful books these these custom stickers each one is filled with the most gorgeous artwork and it always concentrates on these awesome tattoo artists and i try to follow each one as soon as i as soon as i open the book i'm just like oh my god so it's really worth it uh do yourself a favor go over to blackdaggerbooks.com or if you're on ig black dagger books it's all one word and check out their product uh like I said, the subscription is awesome and I'm really happy. Uh, this quells everything about, you know, the book nerd in you, the art collector. It also cures any guilt that you might have about having books just laying around because this gives back to the artist community. It's, it's a win-win. And just so everyone knows, I'm not being paid to shout these guys out. I just genuinely love their product. And also, I really love them. You know, the creators, Travis and Josh, were amazing. They were so kind to me. They gave me so much of their time at the Tattoo Festival. So if you ever have the chance to meet them, talk to them. They're great guys. I just can't say enough things. So do yourselves a really big favor. Go check it out. 
Thanks so much, listeners. Let's get back to our podcast. No, absolutely. And and that's, again, why, why I like these conversations, because for people who have held the mantle like you have for, you know, 17 years, like half your life, you know, this shows people who are getting into it, you know, what it actually takes to hold it. You know, you just said it. I regularly practice, 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 practice. That's where yeah. we met was a place of practice where, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I love all of it because um, these are conversations that I think this generation lacks. You know, there's there's so much out there that where you get to see, you get to see just the surface and you get to see those things, yeah. but you're not really shown the path and it's not very honest the conversation i think that you know i, I like these kind of conversations because i think it really un- unpacks a lot of what's involved well yeah i i think it's also just because like you can make your own path now you know like you can truly make your own path like tattooing or any job nowadays it's just like it's whatever you actually want to make it you know because like we're no longer following the rules of just like, okay, well, you have to learn this way and you have to work in this way and you have to work in a shop that does these things. And, you know, and we are kind of like shedding away the things that are kind of like a little bit unnecessary, you know, or like, we're just like, I get, we were just doing this shit because like somebody once said that. It's like, you know, like the, the one thing that really irks me about the tattoo community and like, you know, tattoo shops that I'm like, why are we doing this shit? And it's like, you know, why are we still why are we still giving shops 50 percent of our income? Some people still do. Some people still do. And I don't I don't I'm like, well, you're just creating private shops now. You know, like this is this is like. But it's like this like thing that, you know, like one time in the 50s, somebody's just like, yeah, give me half. And then we just keep kept on doing it. And now like people are like, wait, I don't have to do this whole fucking traditional shit. And and I don't have to ascribe to this. So I'm just going to do it my way. And I'm going to make up my own version of tattooing that actually serves me. You know, I mean, literally, that's literally what I'm doing right now. I'm like no, creating a version of tattooing that works for me and for me only, you know, right. and maybe at some point I can like make it a version of tattooing that works for other people as well in the same way that it works for me. Yeah, no, totally. I, um, I'm on that route too. You know, I'm working in a private studio, but it was, it it wasn't because I wanted that. It was because I was, I was with a shop where I, I felt like I had a lot of connection with them and, uh, come to find out that wasn't the case. And, and I was giving 50%. I was giving 50% knowing why I was giving 50%. I thought we were all building towards something to do really cool together, but that did not pan out for me. So my, my, my reasons for being in this way is, is a defense of just the fact that now it's been shown to me that whether, and not even just to, to blame other people or play like this, uh, you know, Pollyannish role, but just simply, I think it's, it's important that, like you said, when you have the ability to sculpt something, so, you know, and brand yourself in such a way, do it, you know, do it, especially if you're a kind of person like me, I don't know, I'm, I'm very, 
I'm very stubborn about how I want things done. I'm very, you know, Im- immovable when it comes to those things, you know, like that's hard uh, for me to relinquish command. Like you can lead me, but I take, I need a very strong lead. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I am in the, I, I bring a certain energy to the workplace that employers don't particularly like. Because yeah. I, I mean, I feel the same way because I was like, I was raised to be a leader, mm-hmm. which is hard. It's hard. You know, it's a hard energy to bring into a workplace, you know, especially when it's like, <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, buddy. But I have a better idea that actually works for me. And I don't understand why you're trying to, you know, like it's it's but I mean, tattooing has always been hurting cats. Mm hmm. You know, yeah. it's just like, that's, that's really nice that you would feel that way, but I'm going to do it my way. So, so fuck it. You know, this isn't a real job. So fuck you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, we're artists, right? Like even before tattooing like that, it's, it's leadership also coupled with artists and artists, I think is, is, uh, you know, it's something where and at, at its core, I think we're, kind of emotionally uh, invoked to confront our reality and our experience in a very specific way in order for us to move through it. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's just, it, it has become such a piece, at least for me, that if you, if you try to tell me how to do my art, I'll bite your face off. <laughs> like, 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 uh, uh-uh, no, like, I'll I'll take yeah. suggestion when I'm asking for critique or things like that. But when you're when I'm actively doing something that it gives me peace, like nothing else has given me peace. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, yeah. it'd be the same as telling me how to worship God. Like no, no, I, yeah. that's for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, and it's it's it. it I feel like it kind of sucks that we are that way. Because like I I would I would like to be mindless. And just, you know, a good drone. I think it would be sick, you know, but I don't, I, it's not in me. I think it would be nice to just like, oh, you, yeah, okay, I'll just do the, the job. But I don't, that's it not It would be wired. interesting. Well, yeah, I'm not wired that way. I don't think a lot of us are. I mean, I, I envy people that are, because like some people do it and they're just like, I'm just happy, you know, being little working drones and that's fine. You they know? do it, but they're not happy they do it and they do it. Uh, in such a way that there is a there is a penalty, which is why I think you get what you deserve, because uh, have you ever I haven't read this. I only heard a book review, but it's called I think it's called The Death of Ivan Ehrlich. And it's a it's a I think it's a I don't want to get the Russian author's name wrong, but Russian. So real, very real and very confronting. But it, this guy dies in the book, but you basically confront his death with him and this revelation about how he's lived his life and how he dies. And he's so angry at the end because his, his resolve or his awareness was like, I was just doing what people told me to do. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. get hit with it. <laughs> like You will get hit with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard to do what you want, man. Like, I think it's like, it's really hard to do what you want. 
to because like you know not everyone has the opportunity i mean like i know that i can do the things that i want because i know how to make money outside the confines of a, of a you know job you know i i you know i can i can i travel the way that i want i work the way that i want i've like you know I've gambled in such a way that I've gotten the things that I need out of this job, you know, and like not everyone has that opportunity. So you just like kind of like stuck in that endless loop of just like, well, I just do what I'm told and uh, I have in order to one day do what I want, but then I'm going to keep doing what I'm told, you know, I don't know. Yes and no, I don't I... think it's you have to have a break. I can't tell you when that break is. I, I hope that your break and your revelation doesn't come when you're dying. Like that's, 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 that's the only thing I can offer people. I had my break very early in life. Like I, I honestly, I was born just happy to be here, man. I was kind of messed up from the beginning. <laughs> so as a, as a child, I was just, I was, I was dealing with shit that other people didn't deal with right away. I mean, whether it's where you grow up, what kind of socioeconomic group you're at, what kind of physicality you're given, yeah. you know, we're all, we're all given certain things, but the choice just comes down to, okay, like you said, what are you going to do with what you're given? And you decided, and what I'm hearing is you decided I'm going to be successful. I'm going to make it happen for me. That's the choice. Like I am like I am. Yeah. And, and it isn't easy. It isn't well, easy was, to make that choice. Well, it, I wasn't really given, I wasn't really given a choice either, which is funny. Which it's funny in a way because like I was okay so here here's what happened right uh-huh okay, tell me because so, that's what we're here for <laughs> yeah so yeah let's let's, let's really really back in so yeah. uh, I'll tell you a story so, so we can get out of the existential uh, let's bring it back into the physical realm okay so so I am um I am the son of restaurant owners you know. Um, we had a, a, a fairly successful restaurant back in Honduras back in the day. So like we were doing okay, considering it's a, it is a very poor country. We weren't rich or anything, but like we, we lived okay. Um, and then like my parent, my dad once told me that, you know, he used to take us traveling and like, you know, going places and just seeing all this stuff. And like, you know, they, they, they put a lot of like effort and time and money into like trying to teach us you know, the, about the world. Um, and my dad once said to me, and mind you, I'm on a plane at least once a month. Wow. Um, yeah. And my dad once told me, he was just like, the reason I did all that, so you can like get used to traveling. It's like now as an adult, you're fucked. You, can, you have no choice but to keep going. What are you going to do? Not, you know? So like, I didn't really have a choice in that, you know? Yeah, you did. You could have said, yeah, the, the other choice is not. <laughs> I didn't believe that. I, I like because I was already doing it. And I was just like, well, I mean, I've seen there's other stuff out there. What am I going to do? What am I going to stay here and be bored? Like, that's stupid to me. So, you know, like I, I, I started traveling to Costa Rica and I worked there for like eight years. Like I ended up moving there because I started, to, you know, traveling in Central America. I used to do these like fucked up, like 14 hour bus rides from Honduras to Costa Rica it was the worst. Wow. Uh, and yeah, it was awful. Um, and I did them all the time. So I used to go and work in Costa Rica and learn from the dudes in Costa Rica because they had a better scene than in Honduras. It was like light years away from like Honduras. And then, wow. 
and then after that like you know once i started making money there because like when i was working in honduras i was working for 40 dollars an hour out of 50 for a 50 percent split so i was making 20 dollars an hour tattooing and in in costa rica i could make 80 dollars an hour on a 50 dollars split on a 58 percent split so i was making 40 dollars so it was like it's an extra 20 dollars which you know in retrospect nothing but still um yeah. you know uh so like I kept like you know just kind of like doubling you know just like doubling down just being like well I gotta see this other thing I gotta like you know and it started getting compounded and compounded I'm like well I don't really have a choice to just but I just kind of have to keep going and then I eventually got to the states you know and I've been living here for like five years I feel like there was a lot of choices there. It was just, you know, like you made the choice. Well, I mean, you, so, you you made the choice that felt natural, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't a choice. It just means that it was, it it felt familiar. Um, and it was what you had been kind of raised to be. Yeah, I just think like, you know, I don't, I, I say that I don't, I didn't have a choice because like, I just like, I knew what the direction was. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, well, I don't have any other choice but to go up. So I just need to keep doing it. Like everything else is kind of like a little bit kind of like, you know, whatever it is, it is. And like, as long as I'm like going towards my goal, like the choices that I make are still going to like, it still has to keep going up, you know? Well, yeah, but it that it that in itself is a is a trajectory because if it isn't oh, yeah. going up then you know you're not going to keep doing that right like so then you choose differently and you're like well it didn't yield going up so it's going down or it's plateauing so now i gotta scale um yeah yeah i mean now i'm at the point where i'm just like okay i'm in a i'm trying to keep what i built well like, and i also see that you're um flexing other muscles too which i think is really cool because you're sculpting now outside of tattooing i saw that and you're brilliant you're, you're i mean you're doing good you're doing it <laughs> i try it's fucking hard dude it's it, hard. it is it's a lot it's, of process to that too it's i mean it is it is a lot of process is a lot of like you know it's like it's fun, but it's like very involved and it's very challenging because like I'm literally trying to learn a whole new world of art, you know, that has like a completely set of rules, a completely set of processes, a completely different set of processes and everything. And it is hard, but but I do find that because like, I mean, tattooing, it took me 15 years to get to a point where I'm just like, okay, I'm doing okay. I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I can make a tattoo that's good. Like, you know, it might even if it's not a banger, it's still solid. Yeah. You know, like I'm at that point in my career where I'm just like, yeah, I'm not worried that I'm going to do a shitty tattoo. Even my mediocre work, which, you know, everyone has their days. Even my mediocre work is going to be like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like it took me that amount of time to get to this point. So like now I'm kind of like using all the mistakes that I've made in tattooing and like trying to learn and figure things out so I'm like able to get to a higher level in sculpture uh, or photography that I'm also doing like exponentially quicker because I already know the pitfalls of learning a uh, skill right right yeah? no no totally and 
you know, I, I, uh, I, I definitely empathize with that. Um, my 15 year mark was about the same for me, like just, you know, kind of going back, I had learned a lot of different things too, but, um, wanting to not, you know, I, I think it's always smart as both an artist, a business person and, and a person in general to diversify, um, diversify your money, diversify your interests. You know, it, it's not, it's not a good idea to put all your eggs in one basket ever. <laughs> so I, okay. 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 So I had an interesting conversation with, uh, Jackie Sanderlands, uh-huh. uh, paradise also, because I like, this is like the, the eggs, all eggs in one basket thing. Right. Okay. And this is something that I've struggled with. I've talked with a lot of people about, and I've like, uh, there's, I know what the answer is. I know what the answer is, but I refuse to take it. Uh, I have a lot of that in my life too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the conversation is about, I want to do all these things, right? I want to be a sculptor. I want to be a painter. I want to be a photographer. I want to be a tattooer. I want to be on the top of my game. I want to be an apex predator in every single thing that I do. I want to be like, just, you know, aggressive about yeah. it. But but there's only so much time, mm-hmm. you know? There's only so much time that you, and like dedication that you can put into things. It's like the jack of all trades shit, right? Um, where I'm like, I there's so many times that I think about quitting tattooing so I can like do sculpture. And then I think about quitting sculpture so I can like do photography. And then I think about quitting photography so I can focus about my tattooing. And like, it's like this, like I'm growing, like, you know, I was like talking to to Jackie about this and like how I feel like I'm growing, like, like a mold, you know, like a, just I'm like slowly growing and and like and it, it is it is growth and I am like I am getting better at all the things that I want to do but it is slow and painful because I have to make time for it and like you know and between the studio my house my pets my partner my 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 career this and that having a social like it's there's just so many things and like Jackie actually stopped tattooing so she could focus on painting mm-hmm. and she got aggressively good. So she like focused all her, she put all her eggs in one basket and just went like, fuck this. I'm just crushing through, you know? And I wish I could do that. I wish I could put all my eggs in one basket and I can't. Well, yes and no, because um, I think that that was how she centered her her passion in certain ways but um you know I, I think that uh you know we're just talking about art uh there's there's so much that life throws at you that you have to that that confiscates time too you know yeah. she's also a mother you yeah. know she's also a, a partner to another tattoo artist so like there's a lot of there's a lot of things that that go into all of those things that kind of gobble up time and gobble up focus, but you know, on the, on the grain. So I want to go back to, to this whole thing where you say, you know, the answer, what is the answer? Because I want you to tell the answer. Oh, the you're answer, not taking. The, the answer <laughs> is shut the fuck up and focus. That's the answer. Focus on one thing, drop everything else and focus on one thing. And that way I can get aggressively good at that thing 
right. quick. And then or, I can like drop it and focus on another thing. Well, <laughs> if it, it depends on what your priority is, because if, if it's, if it's speed, then yes. If you don't mind the slow grow to awesome, then you can keep doing what you're doing. Um, and that's, that's where I'm at is that like, like you yeah. said, I am getting better. There yeah. Is, there is forward motion. Is it taking a long time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's what I said. Like, I think like, that's the, like, I think like that's the true answer. If I want to achieve my goal, which should be my, you know, my target every time to achieve um, but I also, I'm okay with like not achieving. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because I'm as like long fine as with it. I'm just like, maybe I'll just enjoy the ride for once, you know, and that's fine. No. And, and I think that that, that's also a place that I'm at too, uh, personally, because, you know, you, you spend so much time, especially the way we did and the timeline that we did. And I'm, I'm sure yours different in a lot of different ways, but it, it, we do sound very similar. So I also grew up with a small business family um, in hair and my boyfriend Rico, he, he's right now in that phase of life. His parents own restaurants too. They own pizzerias here and they're very, very profitable and they're, you know, they keep us all afloat and, you know, there's been a lot of opportunities open to us because of those things. So when you're talking about family businesses, there is a heat that gets kind of bred into you when you're around that all the time. And yeah. also there's, there's also the question of like, you know, do I just fall into that family business or do I do my own thing? And that's also a really hard thing. Cause then, you, then you're segregating yourself from like your roots go with yeah. that. <laughs> right, so I have a story that relates to that. Yeah. Okay. So this is again, this is uh, probably like 14 years ago, right? At the, at the start of my career. So there was this guy, um, there was this guy that was like really good at black and gray. He was like the best guy, you know? He was like mm -hmm. the one guy that could tattoo better than everyone else. Uh, yeah, he was like doing like that soft black and gray shit, like, you know, a lot of prison kind of work, you know, prison inspired kind of work. Uh, I think it was just like coming from that kind of like area of the culture, uh, really soft, like, you know, black and gray skulls kind of stuff. Right. Um, and he like, I was hanging out with him in his shop. I asked them to teach me, but like, there was like, nah, you know, and it was, but he would let me hang out there and it was like fine you know like I, I ran into problems with people that worked there and like you know because they were like not fucking you're not with us you know like and like, I was like whatever dude I, you know I'm just, I was just there to like you know kind of like pick this guy's brain and just be like hey what do you think of this like you know I'm just trying to learn anyways the thing is like you know this dude knew this dude knew about like you know who my family was you know and again like it's a poor country. So like, I feel like people assumed also like, because we were doing okay, that we were just fucking loaded. Uh, and I was like, I, don't, I, I got no money. I was, <laughs> I was raised without a credit card, you know, like I had no fucking money. Um, so he, he, he was like telling me at one point, he was like, I don't understand why you're like trying to tattoo. Like your family has a business. What the fuck are you doing here? Like, just do that. And I don't, I, I, I always just kind of like, I was baffled by that. Cause like that good dude had been tattooing for like 15, 20 years by then. 
right? He's been tattooing for a while. Um, it was like OG. Um, and I think like he was in the stage of his career where he didn't enjoy it. You know, he was at that burnout stage where he was just like, this is a job. This is a job that I do for money. And like, I don't understand why people like he didn't really have tattoos on him. Like he was like in a different wavelength entirely. And he was like, why don't you do that? You know, like, and I, and I couldn't comprehend it because I was like, well, I just don't want to do that. I could, I, I could, I definitely could. But like, that's not really, uh, it doesn't really, uh, it doesn't do it for me. This, this seems way cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um. Same, you know, uh, first of all, the whole, what what do you, you know, like the assumption that I had money, well, first of all, like everybody had this attitude towards me, like they were automatically intimidated because I was the boss's daughter or whatever. And, and I was like, dude, I can't hide from my parents. Like you can call out sick and they'll accept that. If I call out sick, they're like, the fuck is wrong and they're like banging at my door like wondering like am I gonna die like have I gone to see the doctor like there is no escaping the accountability when you are the boss's kid it's full accountability and when yeah, you're you with people work no no it follows you home exactly the conversations around the dinner table everything is about that and I don't think people really understand that it's like um yeah, it's 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 a privilege, you know, to have that. And fuck me for having options. Um, it's not the opportunity that's the thing. It's what somebody does with it that I think really matters about who you are as a person. And I think there's yeah. a lot of people who think that, like, you know, just because you have opportunity that somehow, some way that you're going to be this rich prick asshole who walks around with a sense of entitlement all the time. No. I mean, I I met those dudes. Those dudes exist though. (laughs) Well, yeah, they do exist that, that, but that's not a determination. I think it's wrong to look at other people that way when you have somebody who's hungry and when they're like, dude, whatever you're going to tell me it takes, I'm going to do like what tell me what I need to do and I will do it you know you might not understand why I'm here I don't understand why you don't understand why I'm here we both are coming from two different backgrounds but what what you're doing is something that I'm hungry for this is something that I I'm willing to do and I'm willing to submit myself so you know and and I get where he was at too because that's that's a that's a rough patch and and he probably wasn't looking to teach anybody clearly but no, um he really wasn't he really <laughs> wasn't and and like that's okay that's okay yeah. I, mean, I did learn some things I mean like I've been learning I've been learning from a lot of people unofficially yeah like I've I've had like several mentors in my career in one way or another I'm just like well I'm just gonna learn whether you want to teach me or not yeah you know and like that's how it's been uh and like that dude was like definitely one of them you know it was better than the dude that you know had the fake supply company oh hell yeah because at least he was giving you something real and integral and honest i mean i mean even even from that dude even from the first dude i learned a lot you know i learned how to roll a joint yeah cool you know uh i've learned i learned how to like how to like 
assert dominance over like you know clients because like you know he would just be late all the fucking time so i was just like no this is how it is you know was that the I, real I, reason why we were 15 minutes late <laughs> i mean i'm I, I'm love you. I don't know what your excuse is <laughs> no I, I my my whole thing is i'm i'm you know the podcast world i'm still baby in the podcast world so you know you know how it is when you first start you're hungry you yeah, show yeah, up yeah. on time or early and you're just like i'm ready <laughs> it's ready yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so that's where I'm at in podcast land. I'm just like sitting here, like by five minutes early, like oh, whatever you say, Killian, that's cool. <laughs> whatever you got to do, man. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> hey, are you somebody who likes to draw? Are you somebody who wants to draw better? Are you someone who tattoos? Are you somebody who wants to tattoo better? Well, then I recommend that you go to our special offer in our show notes of this podcast page. Our website is theapprenticeshipdiaries.com. And on this page, you'll find all our listed episodes. Within there, the show notes, there will be a link, tad10. Click on there and find yourself 10% off a year's worth of the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. It will make you better. Yeah, it's okay. No, I mean, we're not late. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, you know, for me, it's, it's whatever. I, I, um, as I said, uh, the gratitude is there because this is something that I know everybody's story has impact. Um, what you're going to, what you're going to give to this is going to speak to somebody in ways that you probably, you know, as, as serious or not that you take it, whatever way or another, it it's, it's time that we can't get back and it's going to, it's going to be heard by somebody else and it might really reach them in ways that gives them hope about their experience. Cause they might be feeling stuck where they are being like, Oh my God, like, I'm around that guy who doesn't want to teach me. I'm, I'm, I'm with that dude who's faking it and, and lying. I'm, I, you know, and, you know, yeah. to hear from somebody like you, who is now in a private studio, who's so going and doing really good tattoos and Thanks. yeah, they're really good. Like, I love I your try. work. I try. I try. Yeah. Dude. I really try. It shows. <laughs> it shows. I try. I try. And I've stolen so many tricks from everyone. You know, I've had the privilege of working with a lot of like really, really good people. Like, so I've like, you know, I've like really like sit back and studied like, you know, like over somebody's shoulders. Like, oh, okay. I see. You know, it's helped. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and getting back to that. So you found your way to the States. What did that look like? Like, how did, how did life change from there? Well, I mean... So there's a lot of things, man. There's a lot of things. I mean, first off, it's like, you know, culture shock. Cause Tell me, because of... I don't know. <laughs> I would love to well, hear. I mean, you know when you make a deal with the devil? Uh, no. <laughs> but I that's I, what I've make heard it, that's I've... what that's what shaking hands with the United States is. You know, okay. it's making a deal with the devil. It's like right. there's a lot of cool things. I love two day shipping. It's cool you know 
but there's a lot of like things where I'm just like, oh, I'm in the school shooting um country now. I got you know, I, I, I like, get you. There's like a lot of weird things about it. There's a lot of cool things about it. I mean, I've, I'm very Americanized. I can, as you can hear from like you know my American accent, you know. Um, yeah. uh, but like, there's a lot of like cool things about it, and a lot of like weird things about it. Like, I feel like the biggest thing is just like I've come from like two small ponds and like then been thrown into an ocean, you know? Because like, uh, I was pretty well known in Honduras, because uh, like there was like seven guys. You know, and then I was like pretty well known in uh, Costa Rica because I networked it, networked a lot, and it was also a small country. You know, so like it was like really a tight knit community, very catty and like very problematic at times, but also like very tight knit and like very supportive. You know, like I knew everyone who was worth knowing in that country, and it was like really cool. And now I'm here. And I have more opportunity, but I'm also no one. I don't really, you know what I mean? And that yeah. and like that compounded with the fact that I don't give a shit about clout. Like I don't, it has no, like internet fame has no currency to me. So like, I'm kind of like, you know, just kind of like floating around and it's, and it's, it's okay. You know, I don't, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. Um, but I am feeling more like there is a lot more opportunity, but it's everything is more vague, you know, and I have to like be more decisive of like, this is the thing that I want to get. This is the thing that I want to get, you know? Yeah, no. And I think that that's, that's definitely, that's a good way to put it because I think America, especially that I've seen now, um, you know, it's a generational thing too. Like, uh, you know, the internet has opened up wide wide worlds to all of us really i mean and what you what you mentioned in honduras is a lot of people's experience in middle america you know like they don't they have their town and they don't they don't go far beyond that town and you know people do that same shit here you know yeah, that's yeah. the thing that people yeah. do the exact same thing here there's a mm-hmm. lot of people who don't leave, leave their uh they don't leave their hometown ever even in a big country like this like you know they don't they never step out of their comfort zone and that's fine I mean more more for me you know (laughs) right well you're 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 willing to step outside of that comfort because you know that that's kind of what you have to do in order to keep scaling and I I think a lot of people you know uh there's a there's a way to do it that's measured too that it it seems like a huge risk to other people but it's really not that big if you understand but but the the thing is like you know because i've done the things that i've done because i've traveled so extensively i've been i've been tattooing in europe i've been tattooing all over central america i've been tattooing all over the, the states throughout my career so like things that might feel like you know oh i'm just gonna go to the other side of the states and like try to make like work there like that feels like nothing for me because i've done i've i've wrestled the u.s government into giving me a, a visa you know yeah. into like getting a green card so like those things are like kind of like inconsequential and just kind of like eh, whatever you know like right. it doesn't strike any fear in me because i've done way worse yes um and i feel like that's like where like you know things uh, feel a lot more daunting for people, even like something like stepping out of your hometown, which I mean, you should, 
in case somebody's I agree. This and they're like, oh, should I? Yeah, fuck it. Like, what are you going to, yeah. you're going to die, dude. Like, just fucking do well, it. And I do think as far as tattooing, that's a lot of the reasons why people get into it is because they see such, I know it was one of the reasons why, you know, as an artist, I was like interested in tattooing. I was like, you know, I didn't see it as the creme de la creme of what all I would do. I actually found a lot of love in it and want to continue to do it in ways that I find very integral. And I have that power now. But um, I didn't see tattooing as like my uh, end, end game kind of thing. I just wanted to do my art for a living. Like that's what I wanted. But I I really wanted to travel because I love I love other people. I love other cultures. I, I, I enjoy all that. Every single thing that I've experienced has opened my eyes to, to not only being a better person, but a better artist. And so for me to have a profession where you can travel was, was key. And I think that's what a lot of people's hook is for tattooing is the the travelability. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Cause like, again, it's like what I told you, like what my dad told me, I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't have a choice. So like, I can't really work a job that doesn't allow me to go. I, I can't. I literally can't. You know, yeah. I, now that I'm like, you know, I'm phasing into photography and like trying to make it like a viable business on the side of tattoo. And I'm just like, I know that I'm like, I'm still freelance. I'm still, you know, I'm not, I'm untethered. And I can like, I've been, I've, I've been doing photography in like, you know, Minneapolis, you know, somewhat recently. Yeah. And, yeah and it's fine and i can like do it yeah but i'm still i definitely keep that uh focus on movement very present in everything that i do Mm -hmm. i think it's it's the way to stay um relevant i do think it's the name of the game whether whether you um care or not about the accolades i do think it's the key with um with social media and stuff like that and for youth and just for staying healthy is that um that movement whenever you stagnate or you just stay too still you, you start to rot a bit like i feel like you're, yeah. you start to accept dying you know? I, <laughs> like, I, I i made a I made a shirt a long time ago and i maybe i should like make another one that's like it's just that comfortable is slow death that's a good one and that's, that's i've always felt that way i'm just yeah. like oh i'm comfortable fuck you should sell uh, that at Paradise. That would be a great one to bring to Paradise. You'd well, sell you know, a lot like of recently, recently, even like I was having this conversation with my partner that I, it, this year's has been shit. I, I, you know, I'm sure you felt it. Same, same. Felt it. You know, the, yeah. the economy. Well, it's whatever. catching up to us. The choices that we made during COVID are catching up and they were only bound to. Yeah. I mean, if strippers are having a bad time, it means we're all having a good <laughs> bad time, you know? Uh, seriously that's the gauge that's really the gauge yeah Uh, but (laughs) the oldest profession yeah I mean so like I feel like you know at one point at one point this year uh my my main issue with my profession is that I am too efficient I work too quickly and too aggressively so I just keep running out of clients It's the worst. It's the it's the stupidest problem to have. So, anyways, just like it's good to be good. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I mean, like I I get a lot of things finished. You know, I yeah. have a lot of things to post or whatever. But like, it's also just like kind of like so what it's you're a weird saying problem. Is you're an apex predator, and like now I've, I've over food is scarce. My river. Yeah, 
So yeah. You might actually be what you already always wanted to be. Like yeah. you just might actually be it. And that's the thing. It's just like, can I handle success now? You know, can I handle this success? Like now I'm <laughs> fucked. Like I, so, no, so you're not. like the thing is like, you know, um, this year, like at one point I was just like, oh fuck, I don't have any appointments left. Yeah. And like, there's not, nothing's moving. Mm-hmm. nothing is moving and I'm I'm okay with like saying this because like it's I feel like everyone I, I see all like you know bigger names and I was just like I got appointments next week and I'm just like good to see you back to earth buddy yeah <laughs> yeah exactly two years in advance go fuck yourself mm-hmm. you know, but, yep yep but you know so like at one point this year you know it was like fuck I'm not I don't have anything booked for like the next two weeks what the fuck and this is something that I've never been yeah. I, I it's been 10 years since I've had that problem yeah. you know I am consistently booked all the time I'm like you know I'm very good about keeping my shit together um and I and and then I I just everything just like halted like suddenly and very scarily but I was telling my partner that I was like I think this is good for me because I'm feeling the fear again. Yeah. You know, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fear is good. Like, I really enjoy the fear, you know? And like, that's also because I'm fucked up. Uh, uh, But I really enjoy feeling fear for my career, for my well-being. I'm just like, okay, fuck. Like, I am deadly afraid of like being slow. And so now I have to be, extra aggressive about making things happen and like that's i think like that's a great place to be if you're afraid of shit like you know like if you're desperate and just like fuck i gotta make it then that's a good place for creation you know Mm because like before that i was like in during during the covid gold rush you know where everyone had money and like i couldn't like i was like turning away so much shit and I, I was like, you know, I was just like, I've, I hated tattooing at that yeah. point. I hated tattooing to the point where I was just like, I fucking hate this job and I hate doing it. And I don't want to be in part of this industry anymore. Like, it's awful in so many ways. Um, we found was, out how awful I, people I, can be too, to each other. I, I was, yeah. yeah, it was like, it was a weird time. It was like, it was. Weird, like that, the thing, the same thing again, it's just like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really able to handle that level of success at that point and then and then you know I was like way too comfortable so I was like dropping the ball I was like not doing my job correctly I think and and then and then now I'm like the fear is back yeah I like it like oh fuck okay I gotta and now I'm a whole new in uh, a whole new business you know so that's fun I wanted to share, I, I feel like I've shared it before on the podcast, but you know, this is your time. So I thought it, it brought it up again. Um, but there was an interview uh, that Joe Rogan did with Chuck uh, Palinchik, I think is his name. Um, but he, huh? Yeah. Fight Club do. Uh, okay. Is that how you say his last name? Uh, I always mess it up. It um, He's not here. But he had a, he, I know, right? He had this, I'm, I'm quoting him because I think his story was really cool. Um, he had a huge financial theft, theft happen. His financial advisor stole a bunch of money and whether they knew, they knew who it was, you know? Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan. So he's like, dude, weren't you like, 
super mad and like wrecked by that. And, you know, Chuck paused and he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm honestly like, yeah, of course, that's awful. And nobody likes to be stolen from. It really rocks you in certain ways, your security. But you see, you know, I was honestly very grateful because um, I started writing again. I, you know, while that money is gone and you're, you're like, your life is halted in certain ways. Like there was no reason to write when I had all that money. Like there was no reason to create anything. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was. You're writing, you're coasting, you know, like, cause you don't have the energy. I don't feel like you have the energy to just like, you're just like trying to grip onto that success that you don't have the energy to make anything. But also you don't have what it takes to connect with people in a way to sell them anything either, because most people yeah. are not like that. Most people are not to that level of success. Most people are trying to get there and, and they want to be a part of an experience. And I feel like really good art comes from a place that really feels like really is able to feel it and when you're really able to feel it when it's not manufactured and it's not kitsch and whatever I mean yeah you might have a season where you're like gangbusters selling live laugh love posters at fucking Costco and shit but 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 that is short-lived and it's a season and when it comes back to it like you know, people, people hunger for what is really real and what is integral, especially now. And I, so I think that this, this new phase for all of us is really good because it's kind of putting us back on a level to where we can actually meet people and speak with them. And we yeah. can create the kind of art that will be the kind of real pivotal stuff that like, that makes people excited again, you know? Yeah. yeah. Cause we're excited. Uh, what? Cause we're excited now and we're like you said we're fucked up and we like the fear and, and it's a reason to make now yeah that's true i yeah i um i do appreciate the fear i really do it's it is nice to that you're talking about that um you know um I forget what like the specific words that you used, but there was like a thing that you just said that like reminded me of uh, Mark Maron, the comedian. Mm -hmm. um, he also has a podcast. Uh, you know, there's like this little snippet uh, where he's like talking about um, the relationship between art and pain and mm -hmm. suffering, and like why do we feel that it's so important for art to be painful to make? You know, how, why does it need to be derived off of our suffering? Like, you know, why does it feel like, you know, we can't make art out of happiness and like stability, but it needs to be made out of pain and crushing discomfort. And it, it's weird because like also like, you know, like a lot of like my best work has been done in a place of discomfort. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. Like it's like, I don't know if it's like some weird thing about like, you know, art being like you know, if your life is just, like, really fucking terrifying at that point, and you're trying to create this safe haven for yourself in your art, that makes it more relatable, or, like, more, like, I don't know, there's a weird relationship in there that, like, I wish wasn't there, but, like, it is. It's the thing of beauty, I think, because, and, and it's the thing of growth. I mean, nothing, nothing grows without a significant pain i mean even a seed say you say seed of a of a plant 
it has to die in order to that because you have to like a, a seed has to dry out and it has to like completely go through a death before it becomes this rebirth of the next generation and it's the same with human beings like okay. there's great suffering to our proliferation of life and life requires i think that that pain in order to manufacture epic beauty and when you're an artist it's a smittance to that that cycle of life that that ritual of being able to to constantly feel and die and be reborn again within their creation i mean yeah it looks like we're just drawing and things like that but it is it it is a participation in that and and when you find that comfort in it it is definitely crazy it is definitely a different level than most people are used to but you get you get addicted to it and it becomes so amazing. And I think the reason why it, it's because it's connected so much to what everything is created within. And we, we harness the tools of connection itself because art, art connects. It's a language. It's a, it's a way of communicating. Um, yeah. So, so I think that, you know, for tattooing specifically, what I found is, is that, there's an emotional pain that people feel that they can't really control or stop. And they submit that pain to a creative and they work together and they create something that is chosen. And then they suffer a physical pain that actually transforms the emotional into, you know, something that they wear and they carry with them that helps them reconnect into society and in a way that feels integral and feels like they have, you know, a, a new mastery of, of what they've been through and kind of it helps them process it and then re reestablish themselves back into the world in a way that they find happy and mm. that they determined, you know, it's, it's like you have so much things happen to you that you didn't get a chance to control that you get to control the tattoo. And then you get to be a part of that with an artist who gets it and who will like a shaman walking you through anything or a trip or whatever kind of leading you through that pain in a way that they understand and they can coach you through and you do something really cool hmm, um, okay. at least that's how i see it i'm definitely not that deep <laughs> I, you know. I, I spent a lot of my time so you know with me i mean uh you asked the question earlier, like, why do we do this? Why do we keep doing this? I took Chimo's um, seminar. He was actually the the one I took in, in paradise because he offered a spiritual tattoo oh, seminar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's where I find myself these days is like, why? Why do I do it? You know, want to answer that question, why? And th that was one of the questions he asked was why? What is your why? And I do think whenever you are setting goals and whenever you are confronted with, like you said, this ocean, this deal with the devil, what is your why? What is your willing willingness to sacrifice your time, your energy, your effort, your blood, sweat, and tears to what is the why? And then you know what to do. And it's harder when you're surrounded by endless possibilities. Definitely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think it's good that you're kind of taking a moment to breathe because 
I think a general reaction that a lot of people have, and this is a misstep is to react is when you're in that level of discomfort, whether it be a complete attack, or if it's just a discomfort in general, and it's not attacking, but it feels awful is to just do something. Lots of times you end up spinning your wheels, just doing something. It's actually better to pause and reflect and to feel and to search and really be still with yourself first and kind of examine everything before you make a choice to act moving forward, if you have the luxury to do so. But I think Mm -hmm. that it's not important to do something. It's important to do the right thing, especially when you're talking about a life and time that you're not going to get back. You know, like it's important you know, I, like you said, I don't really care about the success. And I think that's because what you care about is doing what is integral to you. And as long as you're doing what is integral to you with your life, you could die at any moment. You know, like if you're, if you yeah. know, you're making a choice in what you're doing and you're going, Oh, I, I wouldn't be doing anything else with this moment. You know, it's not really that I get there. It's the fact that I'm doing the things that I want to do to get there. And I'm making that choice and I'm, I'm sound with my choice and I can die if I make those choices. And I'm very conscious about what I'm doing. And you sound as deep as you feel like you may or may not be, you sound very conscious. Um, because, you know, you said you're very intentional. You ask the universe all the time. Um, you're very intentional about what you're asking for. Um, yeah yeah i mean yeah i kind of see what you're going for yeah yeah i mean i i don't think you'd be where you are if, if it wasn't that it might not be um you might not have taken the moment to really stop and think about it but that's the other reason why i like doing these shows is because you know we often are so centered around like looking ahead and what's next that we never really stop and think about everything that we've done you know, and it feels really good sometimes to think about, wow, you know, like I've done so much with my life. Like I, I did make a lot of choices. Like I did, I did do a lot of things that were pretty cool. And, you know, to have some awareness of that, that sometimes, um, really matters. Rico, uh, my partner, he, he's always saying, you know, sometimes it's like being, you know, bow and arrow, you know, you have to pull back, and really breathe and aim yeah okay and then you lose you know what i mean but you got to pull back first and analyze and really take take credit of where the next shot is gonna go because otherwise you're just firing at random yeah i'm more of the spray and pray kind of (laughs) guy spray and pray that's such a great (laughs) i love it that is part one with killian moon be sure to come back next week next tuesday we air every tuesday at 7 p.m these are pre-recorded episodes but i am trying to keep a very regular schedule thank you so so much killian i really really appreciate your time hun this really fun conversation i think it was a a wonderful way to start our holiday season for the winter and you know look inward see what's next. Definitely some good talking points before we start our new year. So anyway, diary listeners, we hope you come back. Thank you so much for the time that you've given already. God bless. Happy Thanksgiving. 
Go follow Killian, the Killing Moon. We'll see you next week for part two. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.